Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29. This is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, how are you? I'm doing great, Father John, and I have to tell you how excited I am for this conversation that we're going to have today. I am too. What's the title of our topic today? God, so it's God's Agenda for Lent. Yes, God's Agenda for Lent. I'm one of those really demented people. I love <laughs> Lent. I actually, this well, we're like getting off the rail here, but I actually find Lent much easier to enter into and to celebrate than Easter. Like, I have a lot of experience with pain. I don't have a lot of experience with resurrection. I got a little, but not a lot, you know? And so, like, I just love the simplicity mm. of Lent. Mm -hmm. I, I always look forward to it. In fact, I always get sad when Lent ends. That sounds mm. kind of really wrong. But, but I'm especially excited about this coming Lent and for what we're going to break open, I think, in this episode. Yeah, I think we all are. So how about you pray us in, Padre? All righty. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gracious Father, we just thank you for the blessing of the day, the great gift of life, for the simple truth that you're always calling us to more. Lord, as we start to think more seriously and earnestly about the great season of Lent that's about to begin, help us to know what your agenda is for each of us very personally this year. Help us to use these days leading into it well, to take the time to ask you what you desire to show us and to work on and to help us to grow in so that we can become ever more the people that you made us to be and that we desire deep down to be. So bless this conversation that it would be uplifting and that it would be practical and helpful for all those who are listening. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and, Son, and Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. So we just came back from uh, a retreat, didn't yeah. we? Oh my goodness, we did, and um, it was it was glorious. And I know glorious. I know I use that word all the time, but it was. And so um, so some of us um, on team were on mission in other parts of the country, and those of us weren't who weren't uh, went up north uh, here in our home state and went on retreat. And gosh, we had. Gosh, how do I even begin to describe what it's like to be in front of the Blessed Sacrament for a week where the Blessed Sacrament is exposed 24-7? Yeah, close to that anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, right. It, it was spectacular. It was, it, it was absolutely glorious. And we had a time of um, deep extended prayer and mass, um, time to read, read the scriptures, time to journal, um, tremendous fellowship. Yeah, in the evening, right? So it was kind of like silence. It was silence for it was silence from the morning. I think we broke our fast um, of silence um, right before mass, yeah. late in the afternoon, and then we had a wonderful meal together. Um, and it gave us an opportunity, I think, to really unpack some of the graces um, mm. that we were each individually experiencing um, throughout the day. And um, we, we created an opportunity at the very end of the retreat um, to just give honorable closure to the king yeah. and just shared among one another um, what the Lord was doing in our time there. So it's just really, really beautiful. It's an expression for those of you who aren't familiar with it that comes from the Catholic Leadership Institute, or at least that's who I first heard use it. And so we would always end meetings, whether it was a one day or a multi-day, and we would just take a minute or so, two minutes, just to think back on the time that had transpired 
and to come up with one or two things that we just really wanted to honor the Lord for. And so that was kind of how we, we that's closed how we, the time. That's wasn't how it? we ended it. And then, and then, you know, I, I say the, the cat, well, it's hard to, it's hard to describe anything as the capstone uh, when you're with the blessed sacrament, all those days, all those hours together. But then we went to go see the chosen Ooh, in the, the big, big theater. So episode seven and eight came out in the theater and boy, did they need a big screen for what we saw. So it was like episode seven and eight. So right. the no end of season alerts, three. Episode I, eight is, I think, word, coming out on Tuesday, right? Months the word. Um, but it was two hours and 45 minutes. And it was, it was so incredibly beautiful. It was the perfect end yeah. to our time. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was really incredible. And, um, and I think one of the most important things that we all learned um, was how it is God was inviting us to approach Lent. So can I just tee this conversation up for us? Yeah, please. So I, it was like... No, a absolutely little, not. What do you think this is, your podcast? <laughs> I know. Um, you wrote a little over a week ago in your regular weekly article, Thoughts from the Trailer, about these three ways to pray. And I know we're gonna, I'm going to have you speak into that. But I was having a conversation um, with all the women that I did Fiat 90 with last year. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about, you know, what are you doing? And hey, what are you doing? And I'm looking for this resource. And what do you think about what, what this organization is putting out or this apostolate is putting out? Um, for resources for Lent. And of course, there's great, great food out there um, to choose from. And so I encourage the sisters to hold tight and to wait until they read your thoughts from the trailer article about um, about how to discern what God was inviting us to do for Lent. And you may walk into Lent like right now thinking, well, this is what I want to do. But coming out of that experience of those three ways to pray, which we're going to talk about, which is very practical, may very well shift you into a new direction. And it's the direction that God's inviting you to go on during Lent. That's very personal, very applicable, rather than just generically choosing um, what we think our own path for our Lenten journey is going to look like. Yeah. So that's, no, that's what awesome. we did. That's a great tea. Yeah. So let me break that open. So, so if you haven't, uh, if you haven't subscribed to our weekly article that's called The Thoughts from the Trailer, and I'm not going to explain why that's the title right now, um, please feel free to do so. You can get, go to that link at acts29.org and just click under the media tab, and then there's a little bar there for Thoughts from the Trailer. But anyway, weekly, we, we try to share different things that the Lord's saying to us. And a week ago, so it's the most recent article, I had shared something about how I felt like the Lord was inviting me to take what we're often sharing with bishops and priests and lay leaders in the church to prayer so as to arrive at some answers for his agenda for my Lent. So we talk often about our works all about sort of like baptizing people in the three essential principles for transformation that the Lord has revealed to us, reacquiring a biblical worldview, it's not enough to be a staff. We've got to become, you know, more than a staff. We've got to become a team and a family. And then prayerfully discerning God's plan. So that third principle, prayerfully discerning God's plan, which just to be clear, doesn't mean that we're puppets and God's pulling strings and, you know, our freedom doesn't matter. Of, of, of course it does. But it, it's really a way of saying God is not distant 
or absent from our daily lives. He wants to be in regular, regular communication with us, and he wants to reveal to us his plan as opposed to leaving us all on our own to figure everything out. We got to use our reason and our intellect and our will and all that, you know, all the gifts that God's given us, but we're not on our own. So if that's true, then I figured, well, I'm going to apply this to Lent this year because I often wrestle with what to do during Lent. And I don't know about you. It seems like oftentimes when I'm coming up with plans for Lent, two days into it, like God ends the plan. Like um, this is, my, my dad's anniversary of uh, his passing is coming up on the 13th. And that was right after Lent began. And it was like, well, God just threw out my plan for Lent mm-hmm. that year. And then said a week later, my brother died. And that really just threw out the plans for Lent. So sometimes I've just given up. I just kind of like fall back on standard things, you know, don't eat between meals, no alcohol, no, you know, no sweets, no whatever. But this year, I really felt like the Lord said, I want you to take these, these ways that I've taught you how to pray and ask me what I want you to do during Lent. So the, the ways are these. So we, and I think we've shared this in another context, but it's worth just stating. So now you want to think about asking these questions about, you know, myself or yourself so as to get a plan for Lent. So the first question would be, Lord, what's the biggest wound in my life? And, and just to spend time between now and, you know, maybe that's the question for this week. What's the, what's the biggest wound in my life, Lord? Or where am I most sick? And I'm just asking Jesus to show me something like a spiritual MRI of me. And, you know, you, you've talked about this on many occasions. And sure enough, I, I began the prayer this way too. I just said, Lord, I don't know. Like I... Where do you even so start? Many wounds. Right. You know, Where like, do you start? There's so many yeah. sicknesses. There's so many wounds. But show me. And then you're not you're not interested in getting answers or solutions. I should say you just want you want insight from the Lord. Like Lord, show me the wounds. And then the second way to pray is Lord, show me what's hell's strategy for my life. Like what's their game? What are they trying to do? And then you just take time in prayer again. To, to listen to the Lord and ask him to expose that because he, he, he's stronger than the strong man. He's bound the strong man. He wants to make this known to me. And then only after those two questions, like, okay, based on the wound in my life, the biggest wound in my life, and based on hell's strategy in my life, now, Lord, what's your plan for me for Lent? What are you asking me to, like, quote, unquote, go on the attack so I can grow to be the man I want to be? So I approach that to... Uh, that was what I brought to prayer, I should say, last week. And holy crumb cakes did God speak. And you know what I think? Um, I think what's um, what helped in that is that we had an extended time, you know, days to pray. Because just just taking that first question, Lord, show me where the greatest wound in my life is. That's not... That's not something that comes to you quickly. That is deep surgical prayer. Yeah, and didn't you think you had an answer to that, like from the day before? Like, oh, yeah, I think I got that. You know, yeah. take 10 minutes and no, boom, so, write that down. Yeah. Well, thanks, Father. So now I have to explain myself, y'all. So here's what happened. So um, I had read your trailer. And, of course, you know, I mean, we, we've been teaching our brothers and sisters how to pray with this for a long time. So this isn't, like, super new to us. And so I had taken a holy hour before we went 
um, on retreat. And um, I prayed with those three ways in an hour. All three questions. All three questions, yeah. (laughs) Not what you're supposed to do, but no, that's great. But the beauty was taking these three questions to the Lord over an extended set of days. And the answer to, so the answer to question two was, was pretty clear, but the answer to question one, what is the greatest wound in my life? Changed. Was very different than I, than what I had previously thought I understood. And subsequently, because the answer was very different, thanks be to God to that for that time before the Lord with the surgeon who knows how to go deeply and yet so gently into the heart, the answer to question three, like, where are you asking me now to go? You know, what is your plan? Yeah, for Lent. For Lent. And what the Lord came up with was very different than what I came up with. And it was so rich and so spot on, so spot on. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but... Can I put you on the spot? Are you willing to share some of that? No? No, you know, here's what I will share. Um, Here's what I will share. Um, Gosh, Father John, are you asking if I would be willing to share the greatest wound in my life? I'm asking... No, that's why I said I'm, this is like live radio right yeah, now. So no, no. What is I, there anything that yeah. you think might be fruitful to share with people? From the retreat? Yeah, about those questions, about the, what the Lord said in a way that you feel like you're comfortable with, because I will. Yeah, so, so, so when I asked the Lord those questions, it was almost like he was standing with me as I'm, posing this question to him and he was inviting me to hear him say, nope, there's more. Hmm. Nope, there's something deeper. Hmm. Nope, there's something deeper. So what I felt like the Lord was sharing with me, what I had thought was the wound was more or less a symptom of a deeper wound. And you, you know, all of us have done extensive work with healing the whole person and inner healing and unbound. But each time, as you continue to grow in the Lord, Father John, the Lord's taking you deeper into that journey. Mm. And so what he was revealing to me was, I think, a foundational wound that was shocking, actually, to me, that revealed um, to me... um, how good I am mm. in his eyes. Yeah, I love that. How good I am in his eyes. Not my own eyes. So but just stop right there because yeah. someone right now needed to hear that. That's why I wanted you to speak mm. if you were willing to do it. Because, mm. um, so, you know, people would be tending to think, well, you know, we're missionaries. You know, you've been walking with Jesus for a long time. We do a podcast. We do a lot of stuff. And yet what the Lord said to you was, I need to remind you how of good your goodness. You are. Yeah. Yes. So you can just bet there's somebody else listening right now who's like, oh, it's so encouraging to hear somebody say that out, out loud and that I'm not alone. So if you, yeah, I just want to encourage people who, yeah. who, who that just hit to maybe write that down, stop what you're doing, hit pause. And just say, oh, I know that's true for me too, Lord. And and capture that somehow and let that be part of the strategy that you build for Lent, if that's in fact what's going on in your life. Yeah, you know, um, Father John, even as we're just having this conversation, I'm continually reminded, we say it all the time, that we 
um, that we're witnesses, not experts. Like we are in, in the ministry on, on, in Acts 29, that we are witnesses to God's mercy. And, and God uses um, wounded people to bring healing Amen. to other people. I mean, most people engaged in, if, if, if you're alive, you've experienced a fair amount of hurt in your life. And as you're pressing in to healing, it, it's, through, it's through that healing that we, we, um, we lift the name of Jesus high and invite people into that same manner of healing because all of us are broken and only he can put us back together. So here at this season in my life, back to what I shared, I mean, I just, the Lord just wanted to remind me um, as a father that I, that there is goodness in me and the goodness that's in me is only because of him, but he wanted to shine a light on And I want to pause you again, just because, you know, we, we, we in our work, our culture, our life together in Acts, I mean, we, we have become so familiar with being vulnerable with each other. Um, you know, not inappropriately so, but just you, you can't really do life with people unless you're real. And we're very real with each other. And I, I, my own perception might be wrong, I don't think we appreciate just how abnormal that is for most people. They are not vulnerable with each other. Mm-hmm. People, whether it's in marriage, oftentimes, in family life, certainly in, in diocesan and in parish life, oftentimes, we're, we're, we're so skilled at uh, wearing masks and putting up facades. And, and, and clearly, there's a place for that oftentimes. You know, like you're not supposed to be inappropriately disclosing to everybody. That wouldn't be prudent. But man, you need people to do life with. And that's, I think that that's why we were so big on trying to teach this because when you find people, I mean, like Jesus is doing life with people and good grief, are they doing life with each other in the gospels? And that's what life's about. I mean, we're all broken, you know, like it's, that's painfully obvious to everybody, it's, but perhaps ourselves, yeah, it's like a un- everybody sees my brokenness, right? You know, I just think I'm hiding it really well, but it's not, it's not possible with people who really know you. So I, I love that. I mean, I, I just want to encourage, encourage us in these days to like get vulnerable with the Lord and let the Lord in his great love and kindness, he's the divine physician. You know, he's not interested in exposing wounds to to call us names or to make us feel bad. He wants us to get well, right? So can I share, um, I love what you shared. I, I want to really honor you and thank you for that because it's, it's really, it's beautiful and it's profound and it'll be helpful for many of us. It's helpful for me hearing that. I took this question to the Lord too. I had this, you know, I, I always quote Romans 12 to myself and to others about, you know, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God. And the image there is like you have to crawl back on top of the altar every day, actually, because a living sacrifice moves, so it crawls off the altar, so we have to keep crawling back on. So I, I went that first day, and I started to, like, I literally just, like, crawled in my mind on top of the altar. And so in this case, like, a, more like a, an OR table. I said, okay, Lord, here I am. Mm. And uh, asked him, so what's the what's the problem with me and what's the wound? And I thought I had, I actually thought I had a a couple of pretty clear answers before I'd come in, much like you. 
But holy cow, did that change quickly. So here's, here's the biggest wound. I mean, I felt like the Lord just said, your biggest wound is shame. Mm. And, and shame is distinct from guilt. So guilt means I've done bad or I've done wrong. Shame means I am wrong. Like I'm bad. So you've taken on the identity of the wound as of so. So rather than I am um, Father John, a daughter of uh, a son of the king, I am shame. You identify yourself by the wound rather than son. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say I am shame. I would just say I am wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm bad. Mm. And uh, man, the Lord just made that so mm. obviously clear to me. And then flowing from that, then seeing. So if, if that's the wound, so the enemy plays on that wound. And again, the Lord just revealed, I won't go into what he revealed on this, but man, did he reveal unbelievable tactics that the enemy uses to reinforce that and to accuse and to, uh, to just um, keep me stuck there, you know, which then led to the agenda for Lent. So much, in many ways, like you, with what you shared, um, the, the, like I, I found said a years ago, when, in fact, when my, when my mom was dying at the time, I stumbled across uh, Father Jacques Philippe's The Way of Trust and Love by, um, or about St. Therese. Exceptional read. Yeah, and it just, I mean, it was transformational for me. And on so many levels. Therese, you know, it's like, how is this young girl who like never left the convent except for, you know, maybe once, how in the world is she a doctor of the church and is she the patron of missions? And yet Therese, who I have just kind of fallen in love with over the last 15 years or so, has had such a profound impact on my life because she, she came to know her identity in such a profound way as a child of God. And so one of the things, like I'm just focusing, my, my, the things I'm doing for Lynn are all about, well, I need to I need to sit in you telling me who I really am. Much like you said, you need to hear the Lord say you're good. Which of course doesn't mean like there's not work to do. Like, of, of course there's work to do, but what the, the fundamental starting point is, but you're created in my image and likeness. You're not a mistake. I made you and I love you and I redeemed you and you matter. And so, you know, I, teachers usually teach most emphatically the things that they themselves struggle with because it's like, well, if I didn't get trigonometry, you probably don't either. So I'm just going to really try to teach this so that you'll get it. Not knowing that everybody else doesn't struggle with trigonometry. Well, it's one of the reasons why I teach over and over again, like you matter because I need to hear that. You know, I, I'm, I'm hearing myself say that to me, like you matter, John, like, the Lord it's, thinks you're worth dying for. Like you're not a mistake. You're not bad. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was just really powerful. And that's why we wanted to share this with people because God wants to speak to us so that the season of Lent coming up, 
won't simply be, you know, uh, perfunctory. Yeah, right? exactly. Rote. It'll, like, be, like, it'll like, be real and we'll walk out of it going, oh my gosh, like I got huge insights yes. into my life and, yeah. and I'm, I'm different now, you know, still more to do, but I'm different now. You know, uh, this is the grace of taking a retreat, you know, maybe just in our case, it's, it's, you know, usually before Lent, but this is the grace of wasting time with the father and just letting him speak because in a hurried culture, in a culture that honors busyness, B-U-S-Y-N-E-S-S, we don't give time for the Lord to speak. And I think it makes us vulnerable to the voice of the enemy who constantly has our ears. And so we need to make room for the father yeah. to speak to our hearts. And, and oftentimes um, I think that when you're serving in ministry, um, we're really great at coming alongside people and speaking encouragement and walking them through healing and, and doing all the manner of things that we do. But it's so rare that we get to take time out for ourselves and actually, and it shouldn't be. That should be the norm. We need to actually restructure our lives so we can Absolutely. abide in the heart of the Father and let right. him minister to us. And to your point, uh, one of the points that you just made is reclaiming our identity. Yep. Um, I, I think that is at the root of so much of of the illness, of the all manner of wounds um, in every man and every woman. We just don't know who we are and that, and that we, we have a father and he just happens to be the king and creator of the universe. Yeah. And he calls us his children. And so just to, just to rediscover that anew, afresh, yeah. and then to press into how it is he wants to minister to us over these 40 days. So it's, there it's you go. That's, that, other than that, it was a... Pretty lame retreat, but um, so here, here, here's the suggestion for the week. This was what I, today, as this is coming out, it's Monday. Two weeks from Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. Going to be here before you know it. We don't want to just wake up and go like, oh my gosh, it's Ash Wednesday. That's what right. am I, I can't doing? Eat. Um, so use these days, you know, use, maybe, maybe this week you focus on in your, in your daily prayer time. Hey, Lord, I'm just asking you to, to show me a spiritual MRI of myself. Show me in your kindness and your compassion as the divine physician, where am I most sick? What's that biggest wound in my life? And just really take the time to listen to him. You know, if you can do this in front of the Blessed Sacrament, ideal. If you can't, then, you know, find a place in your house, wherever you pray and, and do it there. And then maybe... You know, th this is Monday, so maybe towards the end of the week, you start pressing into that next question. Lord, show me what's hell's strategy. Like, I want to see what's their game plan for me. And, and that um, alarmingly shouldn't take a lot to to get insight on. I mean, we we yeah, know. That's, that's the easiest. We, yeah, it's the easiest, the easiest way. Easiest but there might be some surprises there too. And then maybe next week, we can just kind of reserve all of next week in our prayer to say, okay, Lord, based on the wound you've showed me, based on what you've revealed as the enemy strategy in my life, what should I do for Lent? So that Lent is really driven by God's desire for us. To heal that wound. Amen. To heal the wound. Amen. Beautiful Father John. I love it. So God wants this more than we do. That's the beauty, right? The Lord wants to speak to me more than I want him to talk to me. The Lord wants to make things known to me more than I want them to be made known. God loves me 
so much more than I could ever hope for or imagine. And because all of that is true, do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this.